Good morning. My name is Keith Kovacs, and I will lead us in a responsive reading from Psalm 116, and then read a passage of Scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. The response, the Andrew will play it through, and then the singers will sing it through, and then we'll have to join These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, 
also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritan, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without payment, give without payment. The Gospel of Christ. of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Bless us, Lord, with your holy presence. Open our eyes that we may see. Open our hearts that we may have faith and trust in you. In Christ's name, amen. Have you ever heard the saying that Ideas have consequences. Ideas have consequences. I first heard it in university in discussing uh, Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto, the, and the idea <laughs> was that there was a direct line from the ideas in this single little book to the reality of the Russian Revolution and to the Soviet Union, Communist China, and Cuba, little ideas can become big movements. Ideas have consequences, and we could say the same about today's scripture passage. Here Jesus summons his 12 disciples, and he sends them out to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of heaven, to cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons to more or less continue the work that Jesus himself has been doing. And this is the first time Jesus' disciples are called apostles, because apostle means sent one. To be an apostle means to be the one who was sent. And at this point, Jesus only sends them to the Judeans, to his fellow Jews. But it's only a first step, because by the end of Matthew's Gospel, on the way uh, to the instructions he gives. It's only at one step on the way to the end of Matthew's Gospel where Jesus instructs his disciples to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This scripture is the step that comes before that end goal. And here we have the groundwork set for what's called, in the history of Christianity, the missionary impulse. 
the missionary impulse. Apostle is Greek for sent, and missio is Latin. Mission is Latin for the same thing. And we can draw a direct line from this text to the fact that there are more than two and a half billion Christians in the world today. And we can draw a direct line from these couple paragraphs of Jesus sending his disciples to these pews and you sitting in them, to this cross on the wall. Ideas have consequences and our gathering today is one of those consequences from this particular scripture passage. Of course, the consequences of ideas aren't always positive. Can I get the next slide, please? My little thing isn't working. Next slide. Oh, oh, oh there. <laughs> Can I get the next slide, please? My, uh, my little uh, remote control isn't working. I feel like I'm at home and, you know, it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, this particular idea's consequences haven't all been so positive. When I was away at the United Church's regional meeting a few weeks ago, uh, a service of lament was held for the indigenous children who had died at the Alberta Valley Residential School. And the school was operated by the United Church of Canada and its predecessor denomination, the Presbyterian Church. And the truth is, that that school and many of the ordinary people who worked there were driven by the same missionary impulse as described by Jesus in Matthew's Gospel today. To spread the good news to all nations and to the ends of the earth. Drawing a direct line from texts like this one to images of Europeans, European empires conquering foreign lands with the church in tow, of displaced communities and forced assimilation. The idea is that there was something wrong with the people here, so we needed to change them. That their way of life was backward and they needed to be saved. And we would use government power to make sure that this happened. Ideas have consequences, both intended and unintended, and they haven't always been positive, to say the least. So the question is, for us, what are we supposed to make of this teaching from Jesus? Some Christians have ignored this history and think we should just double down because, you know, the truth is the truth and, you know, whatever it takes to get the truth out there, we should just do it because it is the truth. And others think that we should just jettison the idea of sharing faith altogether due to the painful history behind the missionary impulse. So what should we do? No, seriously, what should, no. what should we do? Double down or give up? 
To answer that question, next slide please. To answer that question, I think we must first understand the idea that we're talking about. One of the things I appreciate about our church, which is part of the tradition, the Protestant tradition of Christianity, coming the church coming out of the Protestant Reformation, is another idea, one another Latin word, in Latin, Ecclesia Reformata Semper Reformata. Now, if you're considering getting a tattoo, um, go for it. It'd be a real conversation piece. You know, like, well, that's, you know, the reformers in the 15th century, 16th century, but wouldn't that be a great conversation? <laughs> but this just simply means the church reformed and always reforming. The idea is that the church is a human institution, and it's as a human institution, it is made up of fallible and finite human beings. If we remember last week, we remember that we are sinners, that every human being falls short of the glory of God. We can be totally convinced of a wrong way of thinking and being for years without seeing it. And one way we check ourselves is by constantly interrogating ourselves and our actions. Constantly returning to the scriptures themselves as faithful witness to Jesus Christ. To go back to the root. That's where the word phrase radical comes from. To go to the root of things. To go back and test our ideas against the original controlling idea. Next slide, please. Now, if we go back to the scripture, we get a sense of what Jesus is all about and why and how the apostles are sent to spread the good news in the first place. Because before he sends out the disciples, Jesus is just wandering through all the cities and villages. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And what's that look like when he does it? You know, does he step into the synagogue and say, I have a, an illustration for you today. I've got this giant clock, and it says, Time's up, sinners! Does Jesus ever say anything like that? No? The answer is no. Or does he gather a crowd to point out just how far they are falling short? All the things that they've got to do to change. The answer is no. Jesus does not do that. Does he bully or browbeat or coerce anybody? The answer is no, 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 and no. In today's scripture, it says that Jesus sees the crowds and he has compassion for them. And he heals them. He casts out demons, the powers that hold their lives captive. It's more, and you know what? It's more than just compassion. He feels their pain in his guts. Jesus viscerally feels the suffering of people. He sees them and he suffers with them. It's a kind of a, it's a signpost on the way to the cross. Because they're harassed and helpless, it says, like sheep without a shepherd. There's that phrase, like sheep without, you know, the video that we watched of the sheep escaping and then going back in the hole again. 
human condition in a five-second video right there. Jesus isn't moved by a sense of judgment or a need for control or anything else based on the limitations or general crappiness of anybody, but a sense of compassion. Jesus is moved in his guts for people. He's moved to proclaim the good news, to heal, to heal, to cast out evil out of the deepest possible love for humanity. Jesus spreads the news out of the deepest possible love for us, for me, and for you. He knows that we suffer. He knows we are already harassed by the powers of this world and by our own broken desires and the aimlessness of our souls. He knows we're lost sheep. He knows that we are lost in social circumstances, not sure what to do, not sure where to turn. But Jesus doesn't come to condemn. He doesn't come to condemn. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He's come to heal the sick, to forgive sins, to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set us free from the powers that oppress us, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's built right into his name. Jesus means Yahweh saves. Built right into his name. It's right there. What is Jesus all about? Well, God's saving people. God's salvation in the flesh. See, we've got the spreading the gospel part right, but how and why, that is where we have fallen short. Jesus has come to reveal the heart of the Father in the words of the Gospel of John. And in him we discover that the heart of the universe is not cold indifference, but total compassion. Not against us, but for us, and for our salvation, for your healing and mine. That's why the gospel is spreadable. Peanut, that sounds like peanut butter, but <laughs> it's good like that, though. Unless you're allergic to peanuts. Um, could we get the slide? Next slide. I'm not sure where we are. Jesus. Could we get the next one? There we go. One of my favorite writers is uh, the late Richard Twist, a member of the Rosebud Lakota Sioux Tribe in South Dakota. Uh, he died in 2013 after a life of tireless advocacy for American indigenous rights, as well as reconciliation between indigenous and non-indigenous people. You know, somewhat surprising though, considering this interest, is that Twist was also a committed Christian. He was an evangelical Christian, even. And he was an evangelist. He was a follower of the Jesus way, and he thought it was important. He believed in spreading the good news. Not in the destructive way as practiced against him and his ancestors, but one that took an indigenous culture seriously 
as a, uh, as a gift from God. But it wasn't always that way for him. Though he was raised Catholic, he rejected Christianity in his young adult life and went seeking in various paths. He tried everything from Buddhism to Hinduism to New Age uh, religions. And he became involved in the American Indian movement and was involved in an armed protest that took over a federal building in protest of broken treaties and the trampling of indigenous rights. After this experience, though, he became disillusioned with that movement and its goals, and like a sheep without a shepherd, he found himself aimless and wandering, both figuratively and literally, as he moved to Maui and rambled around in kind of like a hippie van from side to side of the island. He continued his spiritual seeking, but found himself sinking deeper and deeper into despair and giving himself over more and more to drinking and <coughs> drugs. Next slide, please. He had an experience, though. He had an experience that changed everything. An experience he records in his book, One Church, Many Tribes. And that chapter, I mean, I, I just had to mention the tap chapter because it's amusingly titled, 500 Years of Bad Haircuts. <laughs> he, he wears his hair nice and long, so buzz cuts. <laughs> well, hitchhiking to the other side of Maui one afternoon, he writes, I was picked up by a couple of guys who talked to me about God, about Jesus Christ, and his plan for my life. I thought that they were narrow-minded, self-righteous Jesus freaks and Bible thumpers, and after giving them a piece of my mind, I got out of the car. Of course, I had read about and understood the destructive impact that Christianity had worked among many of our tribes historically, and I saw it as nothing but the destructive religion of the white man. The last thing I wanted to be, he said, the last thing I wanted to be was a Christian. You may sympathize or empathize with him at this point in the narrative. A few weeks later, Twist found himself alone on a beach in Maui, and it was a spot with a small cascading waterfall and known as a place that grew very strong psychedelic mushrooms, uh, where spiritual seekers partook uh, with, uh, with the hopes of having a life-changing experience of some kind. And he partook as well in many, many mushrooms. It ended up being too many mushrooms, actually, because at 2.30 in the morning he found himself completely engulfed in paranoia and fear of dying or losing his mind. And he kind of imagined himself going crazy and being led away to an insane asylum by guys in you know, white jackets. It was at this moment, though, that he remembered what the two Bible thumpers in the car had said to him. And at last, he said, at last, after fearing the worst, I literally yelled, 
at the top of my lungs. Jesus, if you're real and you can do what those people said you could do, I want you to come into my heart and life to forgive me the wrong that I've done. Well, he shouted this out at the top of his lungs, and at that moment, an incredible thing happened, he says. The effect of the drugs left, the fear disappeared, and the most incredible sensation of peace flooded my being from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I felt clean, I felt forgiven, and I felt filled with joy. It was there on that beach that the Creator revealed Himself to me in the person of Jesus Christ, and I became a follower of the way, the Jesus way. Now, um, this doesn't sound like the most United Churchy conversion experience, I know that. My heart was strangely warmed one day, that's sort of where, you know, proceed. Yeah. And not, not all of our experiences with God are as dramatic as this, some are, but not all. But the point is that what was revealed to Twist was the ongoing power of the gospel to set us free. In spite of that long history of injustice against his people, Twist was nonetheless captivated by Jesus and his way. He couldn't help it, in fact. The last thing he wanted to do was be a Christian, but he couldn't help it because somebody revealed to him a compassionate Savior. One who knew him, came to him in his need, and loved him in spite of it all. This idea for him had major consequences. This Jesus he heard about wasn't against him or his culture or his language, but with him and for him and came into his life not to judge him, but to heal him, to save him, to set him free. And in the end, he couldn't help but follow the same command that Jesus sent the apostles with to go and do likewise. He encountered the healing power of the risen Christ and was changed and just said, tell other people about it. Ideas have consequences. They have consequences. And the truth is that we can draw a line from that missionary impulse that's built into Christianity to many great injustices and small annoyances in Jesus' name. It's true, and we can't avoid that history. And yet we also can't avoid the fact that Jesus instructs his followers to share the good news. And if we return to the story of Scripture, to his words, we discover his better, more faithful way to do so. We speak of Jesus to our friends and neighbors, not to be over and against, to judge, to fix, but we do so out of the knowledge of their great suffering and our own. The wandering of hearts, theirs and ours. The hurt and pain of the world, we speak because 
This God knows our sufferings and knows and has all that we need. We share the good news of this grace, God's grace, not out of a desire to make others like us, but for them to know what we know, the compassion of the Creator, and to know who we know, the God we revealed, the God revealed in Jesus Christ, the great physician, the healer of our every ill. In the end, we spread the good news, not because we're better than anybody, not to be other people's shepherds, but to point them to the good shepherd who never lets down and who never leaves. Like Richard Twist, we share out of our own hunger and need. We've tasted the bread of life and we're just beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. Who do you know in your life that needs this word of hope and peace and healing? I mean, that may be you. I mean, I come up, I mean, I'm hated here, but I also come to church every Sunday to hear that word and to be filled. If there's somebody you know in your life that needs to hear it, and you felt it, Jesus says, Pass it along, because I'm for them, too. May the Lord give us his compassion, his wisdom, his courage, and the humility to do the same. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.